Hello and welcome to the Addicted Austinites, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. I'm Catherine and today I am continuing our look at important historical events during Jane's life and looking at Edward Jenner and the smallpox vaccine. Just a quick disclaimer, I am going to be talking about some of the symptoms of smallpox to give you a general idea of what it is, so maybe don't listen to this episode while you're eating. You have been warned. Today, thankfully, and in no small part thanks to Edward Jenner and his work, smallpox is an X-virus. It was declared eradicated by the World Health Organization in 1980. So smallpox doesn't exist anymore and it's not something that we have to worry about today. However, during Jane's lifetime it was a big, big problem. We know that Jane herself never had smallpox and neither really did anybody in her immediate family. But we do know that her friend, Martha Lloyd, later wife of Jane's brother Francis, their family was stricken by smallpox. It led to the death of Martha's brother and it left Martha scarred for the rest of her life. And every day, thousands upon thousands of people were suffering similar situations in Georgian Britain. So what is smallpox? Well, the World Health Organization describes it thusly. Smallpox is an acute contagious disease caused by the variola virus, a member of the orthopoxvirus family. That's very succinct and informative, but not really very helpful to us trying to understand what smallpox would have looked and felt like. So I found a list of symptoms of what would happen when you got smallpox. And it has at this point that I will say, hey, please put down whatever you're eating. You're probably not going to want it after this. But uh, <laughs> here we go. Here are the symptoms of smallpox. The first symptoms of smallpox include a high fever, fatigue, a headache and a backache. After two to three days of illness, a flat red rash appears. It usually starts on the face and upper arms, and then it spreads all over the body. Over the next two to three weeks, the flat red spots become firm and dome-shaped and filled with pus. Then they scab over. Scabs fall off three to four weeks after the rash first appears, and they leave pitted scars. So... Pretty nasty, and the World Health Organization says that it was fatal in about 30% of cases. Other less reputable sources would put the death rate around 50 to 75% of cases, but I'm going with who on this one. A 30% death rate is bad enough, we don't need to exaggerate. It's believed that by the time of its eradication in 1980, the smallpox virus was about 3,000 years old. It was an ancient virus and it had been wreaking havoc since then. And particularly in the Georgian era when Jane lived, it was a real problem. In Georgian Britain, about 400,000 people people a year were dying from smallpox. And this is where we come to Edward Jenner. 
Now, to be fair, there was already some form of smallpox inoculation going on in the 18th century in India, Africa and China. And Edward Jenner was not the first to discover the process of vaccination, but, and I quote, he was the first person to confer scientific status on the procedure and to pursue its scientific investigation. And that's really why he is remembered as the forefather of vaccination. So, who was he and what did he do? Edward Jenner lived from 1749 to 1823. He was born in Bartley in Gloucestershire and he was the eighth of nine children to his parents who were the Reverend Stephen Jenner and his wife Sarah Jenner. Edward went to school as a young boy and at the age of 14 he was apprenticed to a surgeon in a little town called Chipping Sodbury and he decided that he was going to pursue a medical career as a surgeon. After the apprenticeship he goes to St George's Hospital in London in 1770 and completes his medical training. He then moves back to Berkeley in 1772 and becomes the local practitioner and surgeon. It's during these years of medical apprenticeship and medical training that Edward himself is inoculated for smallpox and he learns about a process called variolation. So that's a lot of technical jargon and I'm going to be honest when I first read it I was completely confused. (laughs) I didn't know there were so many different facets of inoculation. So I found a really good explanation that finds the different parts of inoculation and what's really going on. And it goes like this. Inoculation is the process of introducing a small amount of viral matter into the body in order to teach the body's immune system to fight off the virus, thus making the patient immune to future infection. Variolation used viral matter from smallpox patients usually pus from a light case of smallpox. So that is the process that Edward Jenner has undergone himself and is also using on his patients when he's practicing medicine in the 1770s. Unfortunately, variolation was quite a problematic way of inoculating people against smallpox. It was never a risk-free procedure. It was quite possible that a patient could die from the procedure. And also, because you're infecting people with a mild form of smallpox, it was entirely possible that the patient could then spread smallpox to other people and cause an epidemic, which you really don't want. Uh, And even King George III himself lost a son to variolation. So really, a better way to inoculate against smallpox needed to be found. And that is where Edward Jenner comes in. Because of his variolation inoculation against smallpox, Jenner did suffer in his general health for the rest of his life and he wanted to find a safer way to inoculate. And the idea for his vaccination came from country law that suggested that people that caught cowpox, a different virus, 
would then not catch smallpox later on when it was present in the surrounding area. This intrigued Jenna because cowpox was a much milder virus and was much safer to catch in relative terms (laughs) to smallpox. So if it could be proved that cowpox sufferers didn't catch smallpox, there could be a connection and a safer way to make people immune to smallpox. So Jenna began researching and he came up with the idea that if you inoculated somebody with the cowpox virus, they should then become immune to smallpox. And by 1796, he was ready to deliver his first vaccination. An opportunity presented itself in May of 1796 when a dairymaid called Sarah Nelms went to Jenna about a rash on her hand and Jenna diagnosed her with cowpox because one of the cows that she tended to had recently had it as well. This gave Jenna the material that he needed to carry out his first vaccination. He chose a young boy to vaccinate, a little boy called James Phipps, who was the son of his gardener and had not suffered from smallpox yet in his life. So on the 14th of May, Jenna made a few scratches on James's arm and put some of the cowpox material from Sarah into these scratches on James's arm. The vaccinations in the Georgian era weren't quite as clean as what we have today. Today, of course, we just get a simple injection and it's all over and done with. In the early days, you would have to cut yourself and open up a wound, which you then rubbed the virus material into to get it into your bloodstream. So following his vaccination, a few days later, James did become mildly ill with a low-grade cowpox virus. He did experience some discomfort and general ill feeling, but eventually, about a week later, he did make a full recovery, so it was a perfectly safe thing to do. So now what Jenna had to do was to find out if James Phipps could now get smallpox, now that he had had the cowpox virus in his system. On the 1st of July, Jenna variolated James, so he performed that smallpox variolation on James, and wonderfully, James did not get sick, he did not get smallpox at all, and over the course of the rest of his life, he would be in contact with smallpox again, and he never caught it. With this experiment, what Jenna proved was that there was a safer way to inoculate against smallpox that did not carry the risks that variolation did. In 1798, Jenna published his research in a book with a really catchy title, An Inquiry into the Causes and Effects of the Variolae Vaccinae, a disease discovered in some of the western counties of England, particularly Gloucestershire, and known by the name of the cowpox. Like I said, very catchy. (laughs) He also continued to study and conduct more experiments and managed to confirm his original theory and back it up with more data. 
This new information, of course, took the medical world by storm. Unfortunately, it wasn't quite as popular as Jenna had hoped. Though it was a much safer way to inoculate somebody against smallpox, there were a few issues, logistically speaking, in that it was difficult to get hold of a cowpox virus rather than a smallpox virus. So it wasn't as easy to vaccinate as it was to variolate. And also, variolators were a bit annoyed because they were making quite a lot of money (laughs) from their inoculations. And the idea that there was a safer way to do it that could be cheaper as well didn't sit very well with them. However, it did gain in popularity. And during the Victorian era, sometime after Jenna's death, Vaccination over variolation became the national way of vaccinating against smallpox and variolation was outlawed. So it did have a massive, massive impact and eventually did lead to the eradication of smallpox entirely. So that is the history of Edward Jenner and the smallpox vaccine. And now I'm going to bring it back round to Jane Austen because obviously. (laughs) Now, we don't know for certain that Jane herself was inoculated against smallpox. We do know that in the 1790s, her friend and neighbour, Mrs. Lefroy, campaigned for all of the children in the area to be vaccinated against smallpox. And Jane's brother Edward had his entire family vaccinated in 1810. We also know that even if Jane wasn't vaccinated herself, she definitely knew of the science behind it and supported it. She writes in a letter about reading Jenna's pamphlet at a party. (laughs) There was a social gathering and they read it all aloud. We have to remember that they didn't have any television in the Georgian era. So it's clear that the smallpox vaccine was a major event in Georgian British history, but also in world history in general. And even though it might not receive the same attention and enthusiasm as, for example, the wars that were going on during this time that could be considered a bit more exciting than dealing with sick people and the scientific process, it is just as, if not more important, because thanks to Edward Jenner and his vaccine and his scientific research, we managed to eradicate smallpox completely and we are on the way to getting rid of other fatal diseases as well. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Addicted Austinite. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please do like and comment and all those lovely things. I love to hear your opinions on my episodes. I will see you next time for something a little bit different. And until then, as ever, happy reading, but also happy vaccinating your faithful servant, the author.